Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome to episode 200. That feels weird to say. That it's exciting. It is very exciting. It's always been about quality, not quantity, but it is fun to hit these different milestones. We are almost three years into Detour now, which is crazy to think about. That does seem crazy. I can't believe that. Wait a minute. No, that's not right. It would be two years. Two years. We do this all the time, too, actually. Like when we talk about how long we've been married, <laughs> for some reason, I always tack on an extra year. So I guess we're just, you know, eager, eager. Yeah. Super I also, excited. I also forget my age quite often. That's embarrassing. People ask me and I, I have to think about it's it. It's like for, blank for a second. Yeah, I still think I'm 25. <laughs> I'm not. But thank you for coming along on this journey with us. If you've been listening for a long time, if you are a new listener, welcome. Hope you enjoy this. I hope you enjoyed our new intro as well. Catherine and I worked very hard on putting that together. It seems so simple, but there's so much thought and so many decisions that have to be made to put that together because you want the first impression to really hit home for what we're about. And we felt like the old one had kind of become outdated. And so we wanted to get something new and something fresh talking about these Disney stories that mean so much to all of us. And of course, with a new intro means a new outro. So you'll have to stick around and listen to part two at the end. I will say it's a lot more simplistic than the intro. So don't like get your hopes up or anything. But it was a good Sunday project for us. It's something that we've talked about for a while now. And, you know, it was it was fun for us to sit down in our newly decorated office and spend some extra time in here. Yep. So a couple of mousekeeping notes before we get into our interview, which even saying that is exciting in itself. It's been a while since we've had an interview, and that's the thing that is most fun for us through this entire process. But mousekeeping, we have an episode that came out with Connor from WDW Opinion. It came out today. So you can head over there as soon as you get done listening to our conversations with Matt from Disney Coffee Blog here. Head over there. And Connor was just asking about our day in Magic Kingdom last week. The response from you guys on that episode that we did was outstanding. I We can't thank you enough for just the support and the listens and the messages of all you guys saying how happy it made you feel to see us back in the parks and to hear some of our stories from that day. We are going back to the parks this week. We're going to Magic Kingdom on Wednesday. And then this weekend, we're going to Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. We still saying staying as safe as possible. We're going to try to be as transparent as possible about, about things that we like, things that we don't like, things that we feel comfortable with and don't feel comfortable with. Probably no bonus episodes for those, but we will be more active on Instagram, sharing stories, maybe doing a live or two, and then, of course, posting all the pictures that we take. So really exciting stuff coming along, and we hope that you can join us for it. 
Yeah, and of course, on Wednesday, we'll also continue our storytelling series. And this week, I've chosen Living with the Land. It was an Epcot week, and I think there could be a cool backstory. We'll see. We will find out. Yeah. We will do our research and be ready to share that with you on Wednesday. So our interview today with Matt from Disney Coffee Blog. I cannot stress how useful of a resource and how entertaining of a resource Disney Coffee Blog is. Matt goes so in depth with something as simple as coffee. There's so many different avenues that he has explored, even connecting it to the history of Walt Disney, connecting it to, to mugs, connecting it to Joe Rohde of all things. There's so much valuable information that he has and he compiles it in a very easy to digest way. Yeah, we had such a great time talking to him. And, you know, with everything that Brendan said, I feel like we only scratched the surface of his knowledge. He lives and breathes Disney and coffee, which is something I think a lot of us can relate to. So we will go ahead and turn it over to him. And I hope you guys gain the same kind of knowledge and just enthusiasm that we did. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, Disney fandom, it, it definitely began as a kid, you know, watching all the animated movies with my sister. Um, I, I've said it before, but when we were little, uh, every time a new Disney movie came out, we just had to go to the Disney store and collect the beach towels for that movie, like with the movie's uh, poster on it. And, you know, every time we went swimming, we'd always fight over who had like the Aladdin towel or who had the Jungle Book towel. And now it, I think being so close to the park, the the Disney fandom has kind of changed a little bit for the better. But uh, it's always been, it's always in, uh, been, you know, in our lives, my wife and I, we, we grew up in Disney families. So that's kind of the catalyst for all this. I have to ask, when you grew up, did you have to like divide the towels? Was it one of those where you had to like bid for it and take turns picking them? It was like, you better not pick the 101 Dalmatians towel today because <laughs> that's my towel. I call dibs on it. And I think that was the first Disney stuff that that we started collecting because we could, you know, use it every day and see the, the cassette tape uh, pictures on the towels. Um, and now it's kind of evolved to like, I have an out of control mug collection. So I don't collect too many things, but Disney mugs and Disney towels, definitely two of the, the main things. I have to ask how close in years are you and your sister? Uh, I am two years older. Okay. I knew it had to be close because Catherine, <laughs> you and your sister talk about like who got shotgun seat. It was even in odd days oh, for yeah. who got to sit shotgun. My brother is five years older than me. I didn't get any of these choices that you guys talk about. I was just told what was expected of me and what I was given. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, good deal. So I think that lays a good foundation of, you know, your Disney fandom and, and how it took place. And I know we talked off air about that you and your wife made the move down to Florida and, yep. and now you're living the local life, which is something that Catherine and I are adjusting to right now. Would you say that your Disney fandom is more of the parks focused or movies focused or is it split in between? 
Um, that's a good question. Yeah, my, my wife and I and our two girls, we do live near, you know, we live in the Disney bubble. Um, and it's a part of our daily lives. Um, well, before this pandemic, of course. But um, now, I, we're sort of more interested in the inner workings of the parks and the company and the legacy that Walt left. Um, it, it's just become like our... Uh, like when you say, when we used to live up north, it's like, when do you want to go to the park? Do you want to go play outside? And now when we say, do you want to go to the park? It's like we're talking about Disney Park. So um, it's a very cool experience um, to be to be part of the magic all the time. And we're really looking forward to getting back into you know, going to the parks all the time and visiting the hotels and doing the monorail loops when it's all safe and everything, we'll, we'll pick it back where we left off. I've always wondered, you know, as a kid growing up around Disney world, like, do they love and appreciate it the same way that you do? Or do they get tired of it sometimes? They, well, it's kind of a mix. Um, it's funny because we'll sometimes use it as an advantage. Like if you finish your homework, we'll go to Epcot. <laughs> and, uh, it's sometimes use it as like a uh, a punishment, not not a punishment, but like, all right, if you don't, if you guys don't stop fighting, we're not going to go to Animal Kingdom today. And <laughs> realistically, it's like, but we want to go to Animal Kingdom, so it's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, when we moved, our youngest was one, and she has sort of grown up knowing where everything is in the parks and like um i it's going to be interesting to see how they grow up and adjust and um that this is kind of all they ever knew so it'll be interesting hmm. well that is definitely a good problem to have yeah. i think and, yeah i'm not yeah yeah and i know Catherine, you said your parents growing up y'all would have Disney points that if you didn't eat your vegetables, then you didn't get your Disney points that you couldn't <laughs> okay. go down there. So that's, that's kind of a similar method of, but it, but it's interesting because I'm sure Catherine, your parents are the same way. Like we want to go to Disney world. So you better get your Disney. It's the same thing that you're <laughs> exactly. talking about, Matt, that you want to go to animal kingdom. So <laughs> we're all in this together. So learning about your life here and, and how it's taken place and how that fandom has evolved how did the Disney Coffee blog start? What conversations took place to get it off the ground? And what was that mm -hmm. initial spark that led to its creation? Um, honestly, it's just a it's just a creative outlet for me. It's just pure silliness. Uh, just a fun thing I do after work, after the kids are in bed. I have time to sit down and write and interact with people who, like you guys, share the same passion for Disney. Um it the the spark was um right after we moved here i really wanted to get back into writing and um i figured well since we're here you know might as well start a disney blog but i didn't want it to be the same content as everyone else's you know like everything under the disney world umbrella so uh some people focus on like rides, some people focus on snacks, new merchandise, construction updates, ride, wait times, whatever. But 
um, I wanted to focus on one thing and one thing only. And I figured if I was really good at that one thing, it would help me stand out. And since I love drinking coffee in Disney World, I just I started by taking random pictures of iced coffee. And and from that, it kind of evolved from like I said, posting random pictures with no descriptions under it to long form blog posts where I'm telling people like where to find the best uh, Peruvian rainforest protected shade grown medium roast in Disney um, or how to create your own uh, Disney coffee drinks at home. So it it has definitely evolved, but the spark was just needing a creative outlet outside of outside of work. And I think so many people can relate to that because we're all looking to, you know, kind of fill that Disney void mm -hmm. in some yep. way in our everyday life. And I think it's just so interesting that you landed on coffee <laughs> because I never in a million years would have even thought of that. Because when I think about Disney coffee, maybe like a lot of other people, I honestly just think about Starbucks and yep. Joffrey's. Yep. And I never even knew there was a whole other world to it. But you've unlocked that door. <laughs> well, awesome. That's that's the point. Uh, the The goal is to simply help people find good coffee on their Disney vacation. Because um, going to Disney is very expensive and it takes a lot of time and energy to plan it. And I think as as parents, it's only right to, you know, drink, uh, use your money wisely and drink good coffee on your vacation. So I want to help people find, you know, the coffee that they like in all the parks and the restaurants um, and the hotels, and then definitely mix in a lot of uh, Disney history um, and a heck of a lot of pictures of coffee mugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Disney history, the banner picture on your website of Walt drinking coffee is probably one of the best pictures I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never yeah. seen that before, yeah. but it just ties it in also nicely that there is, you know, it's something as simple as that picture shows that it goes so much deeper. I am like many people. I have like my one or two drinks that I get from Starbucks Yep. We have the same pack of coffee that we buy from Publix every time we go. Yep. And that's like, that's the extent of it. I never knew that different Joffrey's locations have different drinks. And I never knew that the Disney Springs Starbucks would have a different, you know, specialty drink than the one on Main Street. And yep. finding out all that information, both educational, but it's also practical information that you can use to enhance your next trip. I think it's, it's just rock solid content. So I think that's why we were so attracted and wanted to learn more about what you had going on. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's kind of what I was going for. Um, just opening people's eyes to say, Hey, Disney spends a lot of time and energy and effort into curating all of these different coffees for the restaurants and parks and hotels and of course they've made joffrey's their official specialty coffee provider and even they make signature blends for for most of the restaurants but 
yeah, you mentioned Starbucks and Disney Springs. They're doing rotating specials based on um, movies or what's going on. Um, you know, uh, 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 seasonal. You know, they'll they'll they're doing the Campfire Cold Brew right now, which is really good. Um, and then the other Starbucks in Disney Springs down by the movie theater, they, they're an actual Starbucks reserve, like a flagship Starbucks. And they have rotating rare small batch blends of coffee that you can only get for a short amount of time. And they brew them in specialty clover brewers. And it's so cool to watch. And they take a long time to produce one cup of coffee. And it's really good. And you might get something um from Guatemala one day something from Ethiopia the other day something from Hawaii the next day and it keeps it um it keeps it interesting to see you know you're not going to I'm not ever going to go to these places but it's still nice to be um near a place that helps me experience the coffee of that area so yeah, there there's a there's a lot well, since there are so many, like even just in Disney Springs, you just mentioned so many interesting coffee finds, you know, once you add in the parks and everything else, since there are so many offerings, how do you discover them? You know, you seem to be the news outlet for coffee. So that's, you know, that can't be a go-to, but do you just like stumble upon them? Is there any kind of research you can do? Like what's the process there? Yeah, there's a, there's, um, a ton of research that goes in, um, both reading things at home and then of course going to Disney and, and trying all these coffees. But, uh, the Joffrey's coffee website is a great resource since it explains all the flavors and the roast levels of all the coffee that they serve on property. And another great resource is, um, touringplans.com has a menu search function on their website where you can search every menu for a specific item. Like if you're looking for uh, every place that has a Mickey pretzel, like you can just type in Mickey pretzel and there you go. Or in our case, like typing in coffee and seeing, well, here's every single menu that has the word coffee in it. So uh, making a list of all those places and then going there to try them, taking pictures and then asking about um, why they chose that particular coffee to serve. Um, so, yeah, quite a quite a lot of research goes into it. And um, like I mentioned before, I also love tying in anything about Walt Disney and his love for black coffee. And there are a few books that um, described what he liked to drink and what he liked to eat and how the menus at Disneyland were all pretty much based off of like Walt writing on a napkin. Here's my favorite foods. This is what I want. And there's a really cool book called Eat Like Walt. And it has some fun stories about how um, Walt drank black coffee all day long. And whenever people came into his office for meetings, he made them drink coffee. And if they didn't finish it, he made them take it with them. <laughs> and every morning when he came in, there was a carafe of coffee from his, uh, from his assistant. And then his wife would always complain, Lillian, his wife would always complain that he didn't eat 
lunch, he just sat at his desk and drank coffee. And, you know, and then of course at like five o'clock, uh, his assistant rang the bell and then gave him a scotch mist to end the day. But I think it's very, I, I just love, uh, incorporating any history about Walt or the Disney company into this to keep it, to keep it, you know, varied. Um, because it, this is like a fine, this is a finite thing. Like there's only so many places you can get coffee in Disney world and I've had them all. And if I wanted to, I can just take pictures of everything and be done and just say, here you go. Here's all the coffee. But it's starting to morph into, um, making the same kind of coffee at home that Walt Disney used to drink in, in Disneyland and, um, supporting local coffee roasters that are just getting started. Um, so, uh, long story short, yeah, a lot of behind the scenes research goes in and of course a lot of coffee drinking goes in. <laughs> Well, I love that story because now I feel like when I'm on my fourth cup of the day that I'm channeling my inner Walt. Yeah, that, exactly. That'll make me feel much better. I had never heard that before. That is such an interesting facet of, of how he operated. And I love that going forward. I think there's such a wonderful lesson to be learned there of that so many people are scared to niche down, that they're, they're scared yeah. to go deeper. I mentioned it before. Like I used to follow an Instagram account that was like, the best Disney trash cans. Yep. And it's like, yep. those people were not afraid to niche down. And like you, it was a finite thing. There were only so many trash cans that you can take a picture of until a new land opens up or, or whatever it might be. But you can go so much deeper into the theming of each trash can, the placement of each trash can, you yep. know, and you've done yep. the same thing with coffee. So do you have any advice for, for how you can take something that is, seemingly very specific, but expanded open into so many yep. different avenues that you can explore. Yeah, I agree with you on following a narrow niche. Um, some of my favorite accounts are the ones that like the trash can example. That's great. And another account I love is called Hot Dogs in Disney, where he literally just buys a hot dog and takes a picture of it in Disney. And I think that's so hilarious and so funny. Um, but it, I think it might sound strange, but the main strategy I have is to just stay in my lane, you know, just stay focused on coffee only try not to step on anyone's toes or get caught up in what other people are posting. Um, I think just like you guys, we know a ton about Disney world, you know, like all the, behind the scenes stuff, the secrets and the tips and the tricks. And like, we've gone to Disney world like 300 times last year. So I don't want to be that kind of blogger who, um, who goes crazy on covering every minute and every detail of Disney. So staying in my lane helps reinforce to people that, Hey, this guy knows his stuff. Um, and this is the place to go for just one thing just coffee tips and nothing else. And because it's such a super narrow niche, it has helped me connect uh, with a lot of people who, who, you know, just like you guys, coffee and Disney is like my two, 
my two favorite things in the world. So that's just been the growth model is to only write things that I want to read, be my own audience. Don't worry about people who get to a ride first or are in the parks um, getting new merchandise or, uh, you know, while I'm happy for all the success of the other blogs and vlogs and accounts out there, um, I'm, I'm solely focused on just staying in my lane. And it has helped uh, take a lot of the pressure off of um, trying to like be the best in anything. Cause I definitely don't want the attention and I don't want the, um, I don't really, I don't really want to get popular at all. Like I, I'm just, I just want to uh, write things that I want to read. And um, it's definitely evolved from where it was before because it started out as um, YouTube videos. And um, I would call that a, a failure, but like a successful fail- failure because early on I thought, you know, I'll make a YouTube video for every single coffee location on property. And then after like 25 videos, I realized I hated making them. Like I hated watching them. I took them all down. Um, and if I don't, uh, if I don't like watching the things that I'm making, like something had to change. So switching over to writing blog posts, um, which I'm way more comfortable and confident planning out what I have to say rather than like vlogging in the park, being nervous that someone is looking at me. Uh, my kids are constantly asking for snacks and it's pretty much impossible to vlog with a camera and like hold a coffee and push a stroller and not like ram into someone. So, (laughs) um, I would say it, if anyone is looking to start a passion project on Disney or anything, I would just pick something that you're truly, truly passionate about something, you know, a lot about and just stay in your lane and not get caught up about what anyone else is doing and be your own audience. Because as long as you're writing good content that you want to read, people will just be attracted to that. I think. You so eloquently said that, and it is something that has been on our minds a lot. And we have not been able to find the words that that you just said about that still sharing that inspiration. You can still have these gigantic dreams and goals that you set out for yourself and follow your passions. But I do think it is healthy to survey the space that you're looking to get into and say, you know, all right, if you want to get into Disney World News. Mm-hmm. That's that's wonderful. I would encourage anybody to do that. But yep. I know yep. us personally, if we looked at that, we look at, you know, a mutual acquaintance that we have of Serena at Living by Disney. Yep. We will never be Serena. We will never, right. ever, ever be able to cover the amount of content and digest it and share it back with an audience in such an effective way that she does. And I think that's yep. a healthy exercise that people can go through to say, you know, I, I want to be 
near the top in whatever space I'm going to be in. And maybe I don't have the skill set to do exactly what that is, but my skill set can better be applied somewhere else. So I, I think that is so useful for people to realize and also being willing to try YouTube for a while and then have Mm -hmm. the self-reflection to say, this isn't working and you can adjust. And honestly, we never would have known that by looking at the website. We thought it started with the blog and then YouTube spun off of it. And it's just so interesting that from an audience perspective, you don't a lot of times see those failures or understand those of the evolution of how the content got to where it is now. Agree. I totally agree with you. I think the behinds the behind the scenes evolution is is so important for you as a content creator and I hate that word, but you know your your followers followers would never know um that like I tried YouTube, I hated it so much and I just had to I just had to say, all right, well, I'm going to switch things. I'm going to do a 180 and then try something new. And then another failure is that when I did that, I surveyed, you know, the the popular uh, Disney vlogs. I reached out to pretty much everyone that I thought of and said like, hey, I want to write for you guys as a guest writer. Would you be interested? And I must have done that like a, a dozen times and literally no one replied. And I'm sure it was just because like they thought, why the heck would we want someone writing about Disney coffee? But I took that as a failure and said, okay, well, if no one else is interested, I'm just going to do it myself. And um, I'm just going to write things that I want to read. And now it's gotten to a point where um like i i wrote a blog post a couple weeks or so about how i think every especially during these times i think everyone needs that one creative outlet for them to to keep them sane and just just speaking personally for me uh writing is that thing and so um it's it's kind of like Self, self-help for me to go to the park, grab some coffee, take some pictures, and then later on in the day, write about how, um, you know, the coffee at Nomad Lounge uh, was inspired by Joe Rohde's trip to Nepal for researching Animal Kingdom. And he said, you know, this is, this is, this is Mustang coffee. I want this to be served in Animal Kingdom and nowhere else. And so like learning all those background details, um, it's, 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 you know, all the other, uh, Disney blogs out there already cover everything that I'm covering. So there's nothing like new, but I, but it's just, it's fun for me to do the research by drinking the coffee in Disney and then coming back to, to, to write it all down and, and share it with people. And then people like you guys say, Oh, I never knew that. And then the next time you go to Disney, you'll probably go get a Mustang coffee in Nomad Lounge. Correct. I was going to (laughs) say, we're definitely going to do that. And we are making a beeline for the campfire 
whatever it is, because as soon as I read that, I told Brendan, I need this. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> well, and you spoke a little bit about evolution and I did want to hit on that it is more than just a blog now that you're so active on Instagram and sharing information over there. And you also have the merch of the stickers that you're, that are so creative and they're so <laughs> funny and, and we love them so much. How did you approach those expansions of, of trying to just put a little bit more on the plate and see how it goes? Yeah. Um, I think it's twofold. So I wanted to make it a point to um, show that to, to show some generosity to the people who uh, take the time to read the things I write, to watch the videos I make, and to look at the pictures that I post. So I love to do giveaways. And um, like whenever I'm in the parks, if anyone needs a mug picked up, I'll definitely get a mug for someone. Um, I love sending people uh, Joffrey's coffee or any other any other gift that I can send as a thank you. I love doing that. Um, the, the, the other thing that I like to do is, um, try to do, I'm trying to do more like Instagram live so I can like interact with people versus, uh, just writing posts and then responding to comments. Um, so it, it, it's, it feels like we've, cultivated this tiny little community of people who love one thing, um, just drinking coffee in Disney world. And because everyone's kind of on the same baseline, um, it, I know that, you know, any, any tip I provide or any picture that I put out there, someone's going to find it helpful because they've come to the blog for like one specific reason. Um, but the, but the expansion into stickers, it was just more like a fun thing. Um, I asked a friend to create, uh, a, a, a Disney character drinking coffee and that's where the Donald came from. And then we said, Oh, we should put this on the website and maybe people would like it as a sticker or a magnet. Um, and then the other ideas just kind of came together and it's a, it's a fun just a fun little thing. Um, but I also love, uh, sending like having a, a whole pocket full of stickers and Starbucks gift cards in my hand when I go to the parks and, um, just giving them away to people. And one, one highlight of, of doing that was like when we were at Hollywood studios one day and there was a family with two kids, a mom and a dad, and the mom and the dad looked like they were done for the day. Like it was super hot. Um, I we were we were both watching um, the Star Wars show, and we were next to them. And I gave them two gift cards to go to the uh, trolley car cafe to get coffee because I. I could tell like, you know, when parents need coffee. Um, <laughs> so that was like one, one thing I knew that I always wanted to do was to try to spread some from Dis 
try to spread some Disney coffee magic and 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 help people through a common bond, you know, like, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Um, I think it's so easy to do. So uh, I love I love doing that and sending people like e-gift cards for Starbucks to say like, next time you go to Disney, your coffee's on me or wherever you usually get Starbucks around your town. So it has definitely evolved to a very long-winded say, long-winded uh, explanation of the evolution of just posting some pictures and not thinking anything of it to now um, really trying to go the extra mile and help people um, just have a, have a better day. Well, and I, I almost can promise you're reading our notes because that (laughs) was a point that we wanted to chat about was that the bond that you've created with your audience is one of the strongest ones that I've ever seen. And you can see it with your story replies and, you know, the, the communication that you have back and forth with people is so rich and you do giveaways, but it's not a giveaway. If that makes sense. Yeah. Which sometimes makes people cringe. You know, it's like, Oh, another giveaway, but it's not a like this post, share this story for a chance to win this, whatever it's, I want to send you this as a thank you for being part of this community with me or, you know, all these different things. Like I know that you were looking for the uh, paint and ink oh, mug the I other day in Magic Kingdom. It is so elusive. <laughs> we were looking for it as well. And you were talking the same thing about the Splash Mountain mugs that, hey, if I find one at Disney Character Warehouse, yep. I'm going to send it to you. You know, just those things. And there's so many different ways to do it. There's There's ways that cost you nothing. There's ways that you can, you know, brighten someone's day through all these different methods yep. And I think people need to appreciate that and understand that there's so much that you can give back to your audience just as a thank you yep. for being there and for listening and and supporting you. But they're also getting something so much deeper in return through, you know, the education and the entertainment yep. and that connection to Disney that they're so that they're looking for. Agree. Agree. And I kind of feel I'm kind of conflicted about the stickers, honestly, to be honest, even though they're $3, which is really just covering the price of making them and the 50 cent postage. It's, I, I set out and I always intended to be the opposite of like the, the popular Disney vloggers who are like, send me a PayPal, send me a, a Patreon, um, send me some Disney gift cards. I wanted to be the exact opposite of that. So I would always carry gift cards with me and say like, Hey, on your way out, can I buy you a coffee? And then give those out. Um, one person was like, man, I really wish I could, uh, add to my Disney mug collection. I only have one Disney mug. And I was like, Oh no, we can't have that. So, (laughs) so I just ran over to, cast connection and got a mug for like $4 and sent it, but it was nothing special, but it was like, um, like a surprise and delight kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm going to continue to do that. Um, the next one is going to be the next give Well, it's not really giveaway. It's going to be for charity because, um, in spaceship earth, there's that garage scene 
where the computer programmer is sitting down at the computer and there's there's four mugs of coffee there. And mm-hmm. I had a friend help me track down those mugs and I bought them. Um, and I want to do some kind of charity auction for uh, Black Lives Matter or uh, some other type of cause for each of those mugs. And if people bid like $1, then that's great. We'll still donate all the proceeds. But I thought it would be cool to say like, these are the mugs from the ride. And we're not going to do a giveaway. Like we're going to do a charity auction for each one. And I don't know, I've never done it before. But if it ends up being like $5 that I could donate, it's still $5 that is going to be donated. So keep an eye out for that. Well, we would love to support that cause in any way that we can as well. So keep us posted and we will share it till we can't share it anymore. (laughs) Cause that is just so amazing. And I think that's such a wonderful initiative and a great thing that you're doing. The last question that we want to ask before we head into the fast pass round, we're all about locations here. Like what is your favorite Disney spot? Where do you like to stand? So what, not your favorite coffee drink, but where's your favorite place to sit and drink a cup of coffee in Disney? Oh, I have the perfect answer. My favorite spot on Disney property is, uh, the Maharaja jungle trek in animal kingdom because it's so beautiful. It's so peaceful. It's a fun walkthrough. It takes like half an hour. You see gorillas, tigers, beautiful scenery. Um, you can grab a cup of Joffrey's coffee on the way there. And there's like uh, the aviary. You can see cool birds, bats, and it's just a really uh, cool place that honestly does not feel like you're in a theme park. So favorite spot in the entire property it's the uh jungle trek in africa that is right up our alley because we love everything animal kingdom so we're gonna try that when we go in love it like a week yeah a week we'll be there yeah well good deal this has been such an amazing first part of the episode we love learning more about the disney coffee blog and everything that you have going on and I think it's been so transparent and, and so inspirational for our audience. And so I, I appreciate for you sharing so much about that. So we'll take a quick break, yep. hear a message from our partners, and then we will be back to play the Fast Pass Cool. This episode is brought to you by Karma and Kismet. We just decorated our entire office. We are so close to getting it done. We've created a gallery wall with all of our favorite Disney art pieces. We put up our attractions posters. We put up our Funko Pops, but there's still a few empty spaces. And having really wonderful handmade pieces of art, I think, speak to the Disney stories that we love so much. Kelly from Karma and Kismet does such a wonderful job of creating simple yet really elegant that tell wonderful Disney story pieces of art. I, for one, love the Mickey and Minnie Epcot Center old school ones, as well as all of the Nightmare Before Christmas references. So if you need some Disney art for your office or your home, head to KarmaAndKismetDesigns.com or search on Etsy for Karma, the letter N, Kismet, or hit that link down in the show notes and we'll take you right there. Use the code DETOUR10 for 10% off of your purchase. 
All right. So we are back. We're going to throw out these Disney topics and you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can learn a little bit more about your Disney fandom. Cool. Okay. So the first one's easy. It's just name the bus- the ooh, the Disney parks that you visited. Easy to answer, not easy to say. <laughs> uh, Walt Disney World and Disneyland in California. That's it. So of those six individual parks, which one is your favorite and why? Animal Kingdom is my favorite. Uh, there's more to eat, drink, uh, the coffee is better and it's a a slower pace than the rest of the parks. So it goes animal kingdom, Epcot, magic kingdom, Hollywood studios. That's, that's my ranking. (laughs) Definitive. (laughs) Uh, Next is what is your Disney bucket list trip? (laughs) It would either be Alani in Hawaii or some kind of adventures by Disney trip like Scotland or Italy. I can yes. tell you Alani, the front porch that they have hanging off of the lobby, that is a perfect place to drink coffee. Oh, I'll get there someday. What I was about to say, I bet they have some bomb coffee too. I know, right? <laughs> so that's right up your alley. Next would be your favorite Disney resort. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. <laughs> I, uh, my favorite is Wilderness Lodge. Um, just because it it really does transport you to like the Northwest. Um, I have great memories of family trips there. And now that's where we have our Thanksgiving dinner every year. So... Um, yeah, Wilderness Lodge. I love everything about it. The theming, the pool, uh, the coffee, the food, and just being there makes me happy. I'm going to have to steal that idea. That I is know. a great spot for a thing. Is it at Whispering Canyon? Or <laughs> yeah, do you it's awesome. A room or? No, the Whispering no. Canyon has Thanksgiving dinner. Um, so it's like a, a family style, gigantic uh skillet thing with all the thanksgiving related food um the dessert is great and yeah it's 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 fun it's the the cost equivalent of like making dinner at home and um and you're at wilderness lodge so you can you know explore the the resort after you're done you know what that means Catherine? what guys are points yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> Well, we'll see you there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so next one would be if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Space Mountain, probably. I love it so much. Um, I I giggle through the entire thing just because I think it's so hilarious. I love it at Halloween when it's um, like really it's pitch black and you can't you can't see anything. Um, I love the star tunnel music. I love the the blue dim lighting in the load area. I love the sound effects. You know, like when you're going around that swirl part and it's like, choo, 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 choo. Um, I love, and I love when the lights are on and you can see like what a crazy, confusing mess of metal the whole thing is. And you feel like you're going to be beheaded but if i could just go on something over and over and over again it would be space mountain i always have to remind myself that shaquille o'neal 
rode Space Mountain <laughs> and lived to tell the story. So I point. should be okay. Yeah. <laughs> How he fit in there, I do not know. Oh, yeah. Uh, he must have been very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that, that lap bar probably went down like one click. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so speaking of rides, which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment? Mm-hmm. Well, well, since I was just there and I said this, I think Speedway in Tomorrowland. Um, I love it, but it's loud and it's it's hot and it smells like exhaust. And I think it's really going to look outdated when Tron is finished. So it would be cool if maybe they used electric cars or made it a little more exciting or longer, or if the cars were faster, I would keep it in, but I don't know. It's going to look, it's going to look weird when Tomorrowland is all finished and we have these like 1970s cars. <laughs> I could get behind that. What one. about you guys? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh my. Mine changes. I mean, for the, we like Primeval World, but I think they can do so much better in that area. Yeah. Um, Dinoland just kind of doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. 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 But Tomorrowland Speedway is a good one. Yeah, we we would definitely agree with that. We that's one that we just won't do yeah. for the for all those reasons. I mean, and then you get like the what's the black stuff all over you? Well, just the exhaust and the fumes. Yep. Yeah, it's just terrible. Yep. But my go-to for this is always Space Ranger Spin needs to be replaced with Astro Blasters from Disneyland. So we get the guns awesome. that yeah. you can pull off. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I have never been able to get Galactic Hero. I don't know how to do it. And I really wish I did. Same. We have not <laughs> either. We've wa- we've read the blogs. We've watched the YouTube videos <laughs> and we can never pull it off. Nope. Yep. I always think it's the gun's fault. But. Well, I was going to say, you just can't get good aim. Yep. <laughs> well, some people are able to. <laughs> um, so next one would be what land or area brings you the most inspiration? And I guess we have to say it cannot be Maharaja Jungle Trek. Yeah. Because you've already said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I'm going to say Pandora. Because I think... Pandora is a land where it's totally different from day to night. Um, I wish there was a little bit more to do, but um, the scale of the of the floating mountains and the background bug noises and and the lighting that kind of comes alive at night and illuminates the uh, the, the walkways. Um, yeah, that's that's a cool place. I would I. I I wouldn't mind just hanging out there for for a while. Do they even have any coffee back in there? The um, the quick service restaurant does have hot Joffrey's coffee only. They don't have any type of like specialty iced coffee or cold brew. Um, I think that might be. Yeah, I think just the. The quick service has hot coffee, but that's that's it for that whole area. They could do so much more. Yep. I feel like yep. that could be so cool. Hmm. 
Well, because they have the green beer. Yeah. Yeah. Too, so like they could do some off-worldly type Coffee. thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to tell them. <laughs> Submit it to ACE. Isn't that what it is? Yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't remember what it stands for, but you're right. The next would be your favorite snack or just a go-to snack. Your favorite snack. It's uh, not very exciting, but probably the popcorn, which I know is just the normal like Orville Redenbacher popcorn. But somehow at Disney, it's so salty. It's so buttery and it's so good. Um, it, that if If I'm in need of a snack and I see a popcorn cart, that's that's definitely where I'm where I'm running to. I think it does taste different. It's just like when you go to the movie theater, yeah. like movie theater popcorn always tastes better. What about you? I am an ice cream lover. So any kind of I like the Mickey bars. I think that's my go to. Mine's the Rice Krispie treats from the confectionery. Yeah. Love them. Yep. That's a good answer. So we're going to modify some of these next questions. And I want to know what is the best, you know, you can find a Joffrey's, you can find a Starbucks anywhere, but where is the best restaurant to get a cup of coffee? Or lounge, I guess. Mm, that's a good, there are so many, so many lounges that serve great coffee drinks. Um, Nomad Lounge, which I mentioned, is one of them. Uh, you don't need reservations. You can just walk right in and grab a seat on the couch or the bar. Um, they have Joffrey's coffee there. You can get a whole French press of um, Peruvian coffee. You can get coffee from Sumatra. You could get, uh, well, I mentioned Joe Rohde's Mustang coffee. Um, and uh, it's a great place to hang out. Um, and then as far as... <clears throat> Animal Kingdom, staying in like the Animal Kingdom like theme, the Animal Kingdom Lodge has three separate lounges that all serve different blends of coffee. Um, that Joffrey's created to complement the menu of those restaurants. So the coffee at Boma is different from the coffee at Gico, which is different from the coffee um, anywhere else in the lodge. So. If you are just wandering the resort, head to one of the three lounges and get a press pot of, of African coffee. Um, it, all the coffee there comes from Kenya. And um, there's one particular blend. I'm blanking on the name, but it's it's grown um, in the volcanic soil of Mount Kenya. And it's really good. Um, you can head to the head to Disney Coffee blog and and search for it. Um, uh, another great lounge for coffee is in Hollywood Studios, the Brown Derby Lounge, because you can just literally walk up, sit at the lounge. You can eat the same food from the menu from the uh, from the Hollywood Brown Derby restaurant and get a whole French press coffee of. Uh, Joffrey's specialty brown derby blend. And I think it's only like $9 for a whole pot of coffee and it serves uh, three people. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, in short, there's a lot of uh, good coffee to drink at the lounges. 
Um, and it's all different. Um, of course, if you're a creature of habit, you could always get your go-to like Starbucks drinks and enjoy those uh, like in the Magic Kingdom hub or in Epcot along the lagoon. But if you're looking for something different, um, if you want to change things up and try something new, um, yeah, just uh, there's there's plenty of places to do that. Uh, lots of good coffee, and um, I'm covering it all on the website. And if anyone wants like a coffee recommendation, just please don't hesitate to to send me a message. We have our work cut out for us, Catherine. No kidding. I just think it's so interesting that there are so many things that we're still learning. Like even after being, you know, to Disney a million times, there's still so much to experience. And I think that's one of the things that we're looking forward to most as locals, especially as things start to hopefully get more normal. Yep. I mean... How amazing would that be to go to Disney and get coffee? To go to Victoria Falls Lounge at like 10 a.m.? I'm in. Yeah, because that's about the earliest that we'll get up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Well, I mean, taking it one step further, I think, you know, Disney Springs is such a good place for coffee and coffee-flavored desserts. Like you have the ganachery that sells espresso chocolate. You have um, the Vivoli Il Gelato, which sells um, espresso gelato that has espresso poured over top of it. And you have the Edison that has uh, like, well, what's the name of it? It's like chocolate volcano cake or something like that, where it has espresso ganache in it. Um, you have uh Aaron McKenna's bakery that has vegan uh coffee cake. You have um Pizza Ponte that has really good um tiramisu with espresso. So as locals you can say like, oh do you wanna all right, dinner is done. Do you wanna go grab dessert at Disney Springs? And if you're in the mood for like a coffee flavored dessert, there's there's so much there. Man, my mind is blown right now. I know. We're like working overtime to think like, huh, maybe we're going to go tonight. (laughs) There are so many options now. We have to try it all. Oh, man. Yep, yep, yep. But it's cool. It's it's cool to see the evolution of where, like, it wasn't that long ago that Disney was known for, like, terrible coffee because they served the, the instant coffee everywhere. Like when they had Nescafe, instant coffee at literally every restaurant, every hotel, every quick service place in the parks. And then it wasn't until 2012 where Starbucks came in and Joffrey's was named the official coffee provider of the parks. And that's kind of when things changed and they sort of prioritized uh, coffee way more than they, than they ever did. And so it's, it's, it's interesting to see the evolution from like how Joffrey's got started from selling coffee in one kiosk in Typhoon Lagoon, all the way to Joffrey's is making 
a special blend of coffee specifically for the Riviera or uh, there's like, there's three for the Grand Floridian. And in total, they have about 27 different Disney coffees and they serve uh, Joffrey's coffee in the hotel rooms and all around all the parks. So it, it really in the last like decade changed from like, why would you get coffee in Disney world? It's so gross to now it's like, there's some really, really, really good coffees here. Um, Especially like if you're an adult and you like to enjoy like boozy coffee, you can, you can do that in Epcot. You can drink, you can drink adult coffee around the world and you can, you can find several different like alcoholic coffees in the lounges too. So So interesting. So you have your work cut out for you because it seems like it's going to keep evolving as well. So, and, and there's so much more, to learn and you're doing such a great job of covering it on the blog. And so we appreciate that so much. And I know your audience does as well. And, and hopefully got some new people yeah. over here to, that'll go check it out and just soak in all that wealth of information and enjoy a better cup of coffee on their next <laughs> trip. Yeah. So our very last question for you, Matt, is if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into the community and start creating content or maybe they want to open up a shop or whatever it might be. They want to find that creative outlet. What would be your advice to that person? Just be authentic and be true. Just write things or make videos or take pictures of all the content that you would care about. Just be your own audience. And, uh, some of my favorite blog posts are the ones that I spend eight hours researching and writing and like 30 people like them versus me taking a picture of a mug and 300 people liking it. Um, it's, it's way more about the content um, that gives you the satisfaction um, that you're doing a good job as opposed to how many people liked it or subscribed to you. So pick something you're passionate about and obsess over it. And that would be my, that would be my best advice. I do think that's so important to find, you know, that joy just within your own work instead of having to rely on others to kind of provide that or to give that validation. I think that's advice that even we need to hear a lot of times is just to kind of stick with what you love and stick with what you're doing. And, you know, it'll just kind of evolve like we've seen over time into you know, things that you probably never even dreamed of. Yep. Agree. Yep. You're, you're very, very right. (laughs) So very last question for you, Matt, if you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you online. So the, the blog is disneycoffeeblog.com. The social media side is on Instagram. I'm at disneycoffeeblog on Instagram. Um, and that's literally it. It's just the website and Instagram. Uh, and of course, you can send me questions. You can chat coffee at any time. Uh, I love, I love talking, talking coffee, even if it's not Disney. Um, like so many of us, uh, coffee rules my life. So anytime someone wants to ask questions about like 
how to make a good espresso or uh, where to find good coffee outside the Disney bubble in Orlando. Um, the, I, I can help you with that. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really had a blast chatting with you and hope to run into you in the park sometime and grab a cup of coffee once it's safe again. Likewise. Yeah. Next coffee, when we're, when we're able, it's on me. (laughs) That is very kind. Thanks, Matt. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.